It's time for the Rhino Sports Talk Podcast. It's the Rhino Sports Talk Podcast here. I'm the Sports Rhino, and I'm here with a special guest, Austin Druce, who is a faculty member here at HC. I'm steaming. Steaming. Yeah, we did some pods last year. It's kind of a throwback a little bit. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit of sports about this week. And then here here's some fire takes from Austin as well. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily fire. But I'm a little bit fired up at the moment. Man, fuck the Patriots. I am so sick of them. They just never fucking lose. They never lose. Especially at Foxborough. It's ridiculous how a team can be so good for so long when they were the one of the trashest NFL organizations ever. Then they bring in Belichick, who used to be with the Browns of all places, and he's got the seed in Saban, who's a disciple who wins all the time. It's just like, what demonic force has controlled the league to just be like, oh, you're going to beat the Patriots? Good. Don't. Like, don't beat them. The only teams that can do it lately are, like, Denver. But... Then when Denver wins the Super Bowl or goes to a Super Bowl, then they start to suck for a little while. But the Patriots just keep on winning. I don't know how they do it. If you look at the roster, it's not great. Jacksonville was beating the brakes off them in the first half. They had them. Their numbers are better. Their roster is better. Their defense is a million times better than the Patriots. But they just couldn't do it. And I think it's because there is some sort of spell that just has the Patriots in the AFC title game or with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, in the Super Bowl, winning it all the time. I thought the Jags might have the edge because they have Tom Coughlin, the Patriots beater, as a special advisor, but even that wasn't enough, and I am just so sick of it. We are all Eagles fans on February 4th. Exactly. You are with us or against us. We are all Eagles fans. If you are not cheering for the Eagles, you are an enemy. You are against us. We fly Eagles fly in two weeks. Cowboys fans, I don't care. Fly, Eagles, fly. You're, you're anti-Patriot fan, anti-Patriot. basically. And you know why this is especially surprising coming from me? I got money on the Pats winning the game. Yeah, that's the, the most Pats, ironic the part. If the Pats win, I get 100 bucks. That's the most ironic part. <laughs> if, the, if the Pats win, I get 100 bucks. And you know what? I would rather pay 300 bucks for the Eagles to win and be like, you know what? My wallet hurts a little bit, but Tom Brady lost another Super Bowl. So that's okay with me. I am so sick of the Pats, dude. I just, I can't, I can't contain myself. It you, just, it makes me want to, like, I don't know, say some stuff that's probably not safe to say anywhere, let alone your podcast about sports. But, uh, It's just that bad. Uh, f- I don't know why you're not more fired up right now. <laughs> I honestly don't know. It's because this is more entertaining to watch than get fired up about the Patriots. <laughs> oh my goodness. I am so done with them. I mean... I'm not, I'm not even making any sense. I'm making no points right now. I'm arguing nothing of value other than the fact that if you do not root for the Eagles two Sundays from now, go fuck yourself. So you're, you're, you're saying you're Skip Bayless right now? No. I would <laughs> never say that because he would be like, well, um, Bray... Tom Brady. Oh, you're right. Uh, yeah. You know, Tom hate him, but he's gonna win because he's a You're not wrong. I mean, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> fly Eagles fly in two weeks. You're either with us or against us. Against us. 
go. I'm the biggest Eagles fan ever until after the Super Bowl. Then I don't really <laughs> for the next fan. two weeks. Then I'm jumping back with with Denver and gonna see what they can do with the fifth pick, the fourth or fifth worst. Yeah, fourth, fifth pick. Record yeah. in the league this year and yeah. So I'll go back to caring about my team that sucks. And uh, but yeah, if the Eagles win it. I'm going to stay an Eagles fan. I'm still going to root for the Broncos, too. But, but you're going to be I'm a side gonna, Eagles fan. I'm going to stay rooting for the Eagles for a while. Anybody who's a Patriots fan, first of all, f*** you. Secondly, <laughs> enjoy this ride. Because I think the fall from grace when Brady's done, when Belichick is out, is going to be huge. They huge? Going is it going to be huge or huge? Huge. It will be huge. It's obscene how often they win. And how they just get these comebacks and how teams just can't close them out. They just are like, oh, we got them through three quarters. That's it. Nah, fam. Why you play all 60 minutes? Exactly. Why you play all 60 minutes? Because, hey, it might end. Yeah, I mean, Patriots put out a thing about uh, comebacks yesterday. They come back four times in the playoffs in the AFC, in the, well, AFC Championship, Super Bowl. Obviously, remember last year, 23-28-3 comeback there and Patriots or Falcons just got conservative, but they came back four times in the past two years from big deficits to win, or three years rather, because the Super Bowl against the Seahawks, they came back from 28 14 as well. And that's just something that they're good at. Well, and the thing is, is a lot of teams can't handle that with the Patriots because they haven't been there. One of the reasons the Patriots are so good is because they have experience and they keep winning because they keep winning. And it just is this never ending cycle. Tom Brady was in three Super Bowls and had won was in had won three Super Bowls in four years by the time he was like a sixth year guy. Yeah. I mean, he played right away and just owned it. He's still pissed that he was a sixth or seventh round pick, whichever it was, that he had like a seven or whatever quarterback, eleven quarterbacks yeah. taken before him. He's still pissed off about that. He's I will argue he's he might not be the greatest, but he is the clutchest player in NFL history. He is the most clutch we have ever seen. The dude just steps up and makes plays when it's big-time moments, and other teams just don't know how to react. As soon as the Patriots took the lead, I was like, Blake Bortles doesn't have the juice. No, I was like, he, he's been playing out of his mind. He's had a great game, but he doesn't have the juice to go out there and beat the Pats on the road with a last-second drive. And he made a pretty good throw on that last play. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good throw. For him. That it got it was a better defensive play. That's all on that fourth down. It was a better defensive play. I'm out here ranting, dropping my phone. But the thing is, you know who makes that throw ten times out of ten? Tom Brady. Tom. Well, okay. Ex- nine times out of ten, except for when he plays the Giants in the Super Bowl. Nine times out of ten, Tom Brady makes that throw, and that's that's a completion. Yeah. Because he's Tom Brady. Because he's that clutch. He's that, and he's that good of a thrower. Like he's he doesn't have. He's got arm talent. He doesn't just have the ability to throw. He's got that arm talent where he knows exactly where the ball's going to – he's going to put that ball every time. Mm-hmm. And it makes – Because it's just so meticulous. Yeah. You know, they, a practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. He's got permanent muscle memory that just allows him to make the most ridiculous throws and the clutchest throws, and he just practices and practices and practices and practices and practices those big-time moments, and he's had so many already – that nothing phases him. The dude's got five rings. It's not like he's showing up and being behind in the playoffs is anything new. Yeah. I, I thought the Jags were going to beat him because they'd never played him like that in a game like that with most of this team. They were talking big, but I figured they could back it up. They weren't really afraid of the Patriots. 
Boy, they should have. Well, actually, they were in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that, they were real afraid of them in the fourth quarter. Especially on offense, Leonard Fournette didn't even get that many carries in the second half, and they were they, playing they, uber conservative. They they were just afraid of them. Yeah, and it that, was, they were afraid it, to lose. It was they were afraid to lose. They were playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Yep. Pats always play to win, and they're never out of it. They're thinking, hey, until the, the game's over, we're, we're still we're in still this. We're still in it. Yeah, that's why a couple weeks and ago. They don't panic. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast. I was saying like, Tom Brady. Someone was so scared to give Tom Brady the ball with less than 10 seconds left that they were they had to run it to run out the clock and then kick a field goal instead of going for the touchdown. Or I think it was that Steelers game. That's why they went for two is they were so scared back in uh, week 14. They're so scared to give them the Brady the ball back with like 15 or so seconds. They're like, oh, that's enough time. We better score here so we can't just get a field goal. And that's the thing that Tom Brady, like you said, he's clutch. Clutchest player in the league in history probably. But that – that's almost unheard of with how good he is and how scary he is to other offenses that he can manipulate, change the offensive game plan just by being there and being well, yeah, his presence. You think, you think okay, we got to mix up our defensive game plan. Yeah. He changes the other team's offense. Exactly. He's that scary. And that's what has me so sick of him. I'm tired of it. Props to him. He's probably going to get number six. Yeah. If he gets number six, I'll say he's the GOAT. You know? Yeah. Nobody's got six. Nobody's got five, really. Well, the Montana. Montana's got four. I think Montana's four and zero in Super Bowls. Brady's four and two. So like oh, okay. Montana's undefeated. Got yeah, yeah. four rings in the Super Bowl, but yeah, Brady's right. been to six. Now he's gonna go to seven. He's LeBron. Yeah, it's it's like the he's, LeBron he's Jordan. Like LeBron. He's got a few more, but like it's LeBron Jordan. It, it's exactly. You know, he just keeps getting there, and no disrespect, absolutely none. I have no problems with the Patriots when it comes to any of the thing that they do any of their scandals it's just i am fucking sick and tired of them yeah they're so annoying but like you just can't you can't do damn anything it, do about i respect it. them yeah damn it do i respect and boy am i jealous the, the biggest ring i the biggest reason i ran is because i'm jealous yeah i will never deny that if, like, if denver was that good if denver was that good and was winning that often Fred Manning i would be time. over here just like just like <laughs> performing inappropriate air acts all over everything all the time. But Denver isn't that good. They have the fifth pick in the draft, and they're probably going to be mediocre next year. And you know who's probably going to play in the AFC Championship next season? Patriots. Fucking New England. I'm sick of shit. I got to go for a walk. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you go for a walk? Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> well, I could give a big shout-out there to Austin Drews, filling up 10 minutes of pod early on there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with some news and updates from last week. And we are back once again with the Rhino Sports Talk podcast. I'm the sports rhino, Will Ryan. Thanks again, thanks once again, rather, to Austin Drews who came in, gave that fire Patriots take, as you heard early in the pod. Uh, now we're getting on to some news and some notes from last week. Uh, Lane Kiffin hired Charlie Weiss Jr. as OSC, who's the youngest coordinator in FBS history. Not much going on there. It's going to be interesting to see what happens as Charlie Weiss was kind of a prominent figure, mainly in the uh, Notre Dame area and Kansas City Chiefs as well. He did a lot of good things uh, back then for them. Uh, not much really to talk about that. It's going to be interesting to see what Lane Kiffin does with him, being an offensive genius, teaching another offensive, uh, pretty smart guy, Charlie Weiss Jr., but interesting to see what Charlie Weiss learned from his son, or from his dad, rather, Um 
Anyways, moving on to NFL a little bit as the NCAA football season has concluded now with all the hirings and firings going on. Steelers parted ways with OC Todd Haley, uh, mainly because of Ben Roethlisberger and him not getting along, and they hired their quarterback's coach. The name is really escaping me right now because no one really cares about quarterback's coach until they do something good in the offense. Uh, I'd be interested to see what they do next year. As a team, the Steelers have a really good offense, really good pieces with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and then uh, Ben Roethlisberger as well as Martavius Bryant. Uh, hopefully they stick around all of them as there's some free agents and there could be some other things going on there. But uh, if they all stay together, I think the Steelers will have a pretty good offense again next year. Their defense is what really needs to get them going. But nonetheless, we'll see what is going on with that Todd Haley hire. He's been a head coach. He's been an OC. Uh, interesting to see where he's going to go. I'm thinking the Titans are going to be a good spot for him with Josh McDaniels. Uh, with all those weapons, he did really good wonders with Ben Roethlisberger. Same kind of situation there, except for a little bit younger. Uh, not as polished player as what he stepped into with Big Ben. But we'll see in the coming weeks where he gets hired and who all gets hired in other places. Uh, before we talk about some other head coaching hires, we're going to talk a little bit about the most savage thing I have ever seen i bang the table because it really is savage a bakery here's the headline here from espn facebook on last thursday a jacksonville bakery shipped ben roethlisberger seven turnovers as a, t- as a thank you for be- the pittsburgh steelers turnovers against the jacksonville jaguars this season he had five turnovers early in the year i think it was week three or four when they played and then two in the playoff game two weeks ago uh now and Holy cow, that is just insanely savage to do that. They sent it to Ben Roethlisberger at Heinz Field. Seven turnovers, Sinodis, or Sinodis, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm not quite sure. Shout out to you for being savage on that play. Uh, nothing else really to talk about from the Steelers. So we'll move on to the NFL other head coaching hires. You got Mike Vrabel hires the head coach for Tennessee. He was a uh, former backer for the Patriots, so he's got a little bit of the Belichick going in there, as well as a Texas as the defensive coordinator for the uh, Texans the past couple of years. It'd be interesting to see what he can do. I mean, obviously, you know what he can do as a defensive coordinator is he turned Houston into a juggernaut on defense, even without J.J. Watt the last two years, and they made it really impressive that he – uh, was able what he was able to do with the lack of J.J. Watt. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do with the Titans team, who's really good, and obviously you got uh, him now. He could hire Todd Haley, like I mentioned. I thought Josh McDaniels was going to go there, but Todd Haley would still be really good, and now that they got Vrabel, it's going to be interesting to see. I think, uh, oh, Pat Shermer also got hired as the Giants head coach, so that position's filled. Uh, interesting to see where Josh McDaniels and defensive coordinator Matt Patricia go. It looks like the Lions for Patricia, and I'm not sure exactly where McDaniels is going to go. There's been a couple different rumors, and it's just obviously can't be official until the Patriots season is over. So we'll see here in about two weeks, a little less than two weeks after the Super Bowl, February 4th, if you have not uh, heard about it. And we'll get a little bit of news there as well for my final take. We're going to talk about that, some Super Bowl news that just happened uh, literally 20 minutes ago. Today is the 23rd. It is 1.40 in the afternoon, Central Standard Time. 
Um, but we're going to keep going here, talking about some NBA sports news. Obviously, we all know about the fights that happened, but there has been some dysfunction as well. Uh, the Cavaliers, for example, have been having the most lately. They've three, they've lost three of the last five. Getting a little bit of an upswing here now that they're playing really well. They scored 120 points and lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder a couple nights ago. And now it is the time that LeBron starts questioning everyone and things start going down a little bit. As it was reported by Woj of ESPN that the Cavs are fighting amongst themselves and Kevin Love is the target, is the headline in this uh, article. And mainly what it was about was Kevin Love was sick a couple nights ago and played through it for the first quarter and then just couldn't deal with it and wasn't really being productive, so they pulled him and sat him for the rest of the game. And what it turned out to be was that the Cavaliers players think or thought, probably still do think, they did have a meeting a couple nights ago, which I'll get to in a minute, but that he was uh, sick. He wasn't sick that he was faking it and just doesn't have the desire to play and wants to be traded out of the Cavaliers. That's why they held the meeting, just to air, just to put everything out there uh, as a team. It was a players-only meeting, and a lot of people are going after Kevin Love. I think it's a really hostile situation just because they're three for four. Three of their last four have been losses, or three of the last five now, I guess. Um, I think it could be a really good situation if they can get to that point where they're going to be doing good things, but it's the fact of do, can they have enough cohesiveness coming into this final stretch here right after the all-star game is just coming up here in a couple weeks what can they do to get their team more cohesive and better more team-like and bonded a little bit and hopefully i think lebron can do it he does it every year every january you see lebron wants x teammate out lebron wants this person out and he's trying he calls for a playmaker he calls for a certain thing Dan Levitard show really put this into perspective that they had a bet going on about what he would say and everything that they've said so far has come true. So it's just kind of a normal thing. I'm not worried yet until the uh, playoffs get closer. If they're not in that top three seed, then I would start getting worried if I was a Cavaliers fan. But moving over to some other basketball news, Damian Lillard asked to meet the owner, uh, Paul Allen of the Trailblazers, the team he plays for, about the organization's direction and uh, some decisions that they made lately and interesting thing there is he's kind of the face of the franchise hasn't really been paid like it that's more CJ McCollum is getting the pay but it'll be interesting to see what they uh, continue to do what that outcome comes out of that I don't think the meeting's been had he just requested it late last night so supported a little bit about 10 minutes after the Kevin Love thing I just talked about um I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to take a while to really figure out all the details on that and what's going to happen. So not much reporting going on there. Uh, last little thing, stat line here for the NBA. DeMarcus Cousins, 44, 24, 10, and 4 steals. Wow. DeMarcus Cousins really is clutch. Once a, or not clutch. He's really good again. once again. 44 points, 24 rebounds, 10 assists, 4 steals in a double overtime win. Uh, against the Bulls last night. That is insane. I think it's the first time in over 40 years that a 40-20-10 has uh, happened. If he would have got one more steal, he would have been in a rare class just by himself. Um, it, I don't know. It's just been insane. I'm going to talk about scores real quick. Obviously, we all know what happened. If you didn't hear the first 10 minutes of this podcast, go re-listen to it. Austin Drews came on and talked a little bit about how the Patriots 
uh, came back against the Jaguars and made that a game and won- eventually won the game. They did win that 24-21, I believe, was the final score. I know it was a really big game for both teams. Jaguars haven't been there first time ever being – well, not ever, but first time being there as a team that they are now. Uh, Blake Bortles, it'll be interesting to see what his – uh, future holds i'll talk about that here probably next week stay tuned for that it'll be up on a podcast my final thoughts um yeah 24 20 was the final score actually in that jaguars patriots game uh, if you haven't watched the highlights go watch it tom brady just made a comeback they were down i think it was 17 no it was 14 to 3 14 to 10 at half they were 14 to 3 at one point tom brady came back with a nice drive at the end of the game at the end of the set yeah first half to make a James White run to get the one or to get this to get a score making it 14-10 going into halftime Jaguars just couldn't do anything went uber conservative changed their offense or defensive game plan from a lot of man to going to zone and that's not really their physicality and what they should do so I don't know why they changed it eventually that'll come out here in the next few days as every news story does but Interestingly enough, Patriots are moving on to the Super Bowl, and they will be facing the Eagles. 38-7 was the score against the Vikings. Not much to talk about here. Vikings scored on their opening drive. 10-14 left in the first quarter. 25-yard pass from Case Keenum to Kyle Rudolph. And then all all Eagles after. Four straight touchdowns as well as two field goals thrown in there for good measure, or one field goal thrown in there for good measure to make the score 38-7. For the Eagles, after looking at their win probability by ESPN, after about six and a half minutes left in the first, there's no doubt that the Eagles were going to win this game. They were right around 100%. They're at 99.5 to be exact with six and a half minutes left in the third. So with a whole quarter and a half left, they were already, already guaranteed to win. So not much to talk about there. 38-7 38-7 Eagles win. Patriots-Eagles in the Super Bowl. I'll do a preview for that probably next week. Whatever whatever uh, podcast I do right before the Super Bowl, I will do a preview of that. I believe that would be uh, next week. So stay tuned for that. I might bring on a special guest. Who knows? Um, anyways, moving on to my final thoughts. There's no other scores really to talk about. Oh, TCU-West Virginia. I talked about it last week of games to watch. TCU ended up winning, beating West Virginia last night, and then obviously they won. And so they, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what TCU can do. They're a pretty good powerhouse. There's no real clear team at the top. Purdue is gone. Is really the team that's up there. They're ranked number three. They lost their leading scorer Caleb Swanigan last year, and or to the draft last year. And now they're just still being prominent. There's a pretty good story out there by uh, Sports Illustrated about them as well. Um, they're doing really good stuff. I'm interested to see how that's going to shake out near March Madness and see how that all works and shakes out. But anyways, moving on to uh, some games to watch next week. You got the Pro Bowl. Just kidding. No one wants to watch that. Um, AFC, NFC, there is a thing about that. They're doing it on Thursday, like a skills showdown challenge thing. I think it's a couple hours long on ESPN. First time they've done that in... I don't even know how many years. Probably at least seven. I don't. Last one I remember was 2009. Larry Fitzgerald. There's a uh, was in that. He was the most prominent guy. So I think that was 2009. But I could be wrong. 
Um, I think that's going to be something to watch. I believe that's on Thursday. So two nights from tonight, hands competition, other things. There hasn't really been a, what has been discussed. There's no real coverage of it. So I don't know. We'll see what's going on. But today, Tuesday, the 23rd, two ranked games tonight, Kansas and Oklahoma, the game to watch, 6 p.m. on ESPN. Oklahoma 14 and 4 ranked number 12 and Kansas number 5 at 16 and 3. Big to big I believe they're both Big 12. I get those two confused. Yeah, they're Big 12. Big 12 matchup there for the top of the seeding of the standings rather. And also pretty good. It's going to be a pretty good uh, filler for the seed just kind of like resume builder. That's the word I was looking for for either team whoever wins that one. Virginia against Clemson is the other one tonight. Virginia is number two. Clemson ranked number 18. I don't really know either team that much. I know West or Virginia is a really good offense or defensive team, and I've heard Clemson has been very good offensively. But like I mentioned before, I haven't really lost, watched a lot of college basketball and haven't really been caring that much because it's been football season. Now it's winding down. I'm going to start getting into my college basketball NBA season a little bit. Also on Thursday, Michigan Purdue Big. Tw- Big Ten ma- or, yeah, Big Ten matchup. Michigan coming off a loss to Nebraska last week. Purdue, number three in the nation. Only lost two games. Supposed to be all Purdue, 92.5% for them uh, as a win. Their loss, they already beat Michigan by one point earlier on the ninth of this of this year. So they already have the, how to, the way to beat them. But Purdue's two losses... Um, aren't actually listed on ESPN. They were listed as last year, and you can't even go back that far. <clears throat> but nonetheless, that'll be a pretty big game. And then Colorado, Arizona, Arizona number 11, still looking for uh, some payback as Colorado beat them a couple weeks ago, as I mentioned. And then not much else really going on this week. College basketball, oh, Virginia Duke is this weekend. Uh, that's something to look forward to. That's a 2-4 matchup. That's going to be a big game in terms of implications and seeding. And then Big 12 SEC Championship, or Challenge, rather, Oklahoma versus Alabama. Two big games this week for Oklahoma. That's going to be a really close game. Um, Alabama has a really good player, and, of course, they're not going to list them on their on the uh, site for the game for the game preview. Why would you do that? But obviously, Oklahoma has their really good player as well. But I'm trying to get the names here for you. I believe it's Brandon Key is the player that to watch for on Alabama. He's a very good player, one of the top leading scorers in the nation. Does a lot of good things well, and it's really just going to be a matchup between those two, uh, him and then Trey Young of Oklahoma being the other uh, man I was talking about. Um, that'll be an interesting game. That's been on the radar for quite some time, ever since both players really started getting prominently good, and Alabama's not doing bad, 13-6, 14-4 for Oklahoma, like I mentioned. Um, I don't really know. I think that's really about it for this week. That's the biggest game of the week in terms of NBA prospects with both those two players, which are some of the top-ranked uh, uh, prospects going into the NBA draft but I, that is really it for NCAA NBA obviously every night's a really good game I'm not really going to go through it I will do that here in a little bit 
just do a, like a preview. I'll start getting all these things mapped out a little bit better. Um, nonetheless, it's time for my final thoughts, and I'm going to get a little bit of a music preview going eventually. I'll get to that. But anyways, so NFL and Super Bowl is what I teased earlier, and obviously we know who's playing, Patriots, Eagles. And what's been the one theme for the NFL this season? Obviously controversy, especially regarding the uh, national anthem. And obviously it started with uh, Colin Kaepernick this season. or last, um, I guess you can say this, and he was doing it last season too. It just didn't really get any coverage. Um, not standing and kneeling, sitting, doing whatever for the national anthem. And then the there was a lot of controversy, other players doing it. It kind of died down until the day. On uh, 23rd of January, about 12.45 Central Standard Time this today, a uh, some news came out. So how uh, every sporting event works is obviously you have a program. And the program has ads in it and it has the players. It has a breakdown of all the game and all that. You, everyone knows what a program is. I don't need to explain it. But... The uh, NFL rejected a ad in the program this year about the national anthem protest. It was paid for by some U.S. veterans, or it was going to be funded by some U.S. veterans to get a poster and an ad placement into the program. And it was rejected because of the fact that it said, we kneel, or we don't, or we, nah, it, it was it was a mixture of we don't kneel for the national anthem, we stand for it. Something along the lines. You can look up the exact details. They haven't been fully concluded. What exactly what was said? It was kind of it was reported that it was uh, what was said, but it was it's a known fact that it has been um, taken out of the program. So I think that's just really standoffish from the NFL. Obviously, they're going to protect their players a little bit, um, but I'm surprised that they're going this route of saying, "Hey." we're going to go this far into this controversy that we're going to start it all up back again. And I think ESPN, Fox Sports, all those major news stations are going to make a big deal out of this only because of the fact of Colin Kaepernick can't get a job, but now they're going to say like, oh, we weren't blackballing him. We were behind him the whole time. And now there's going to be a lot more controversy on their side, on the NFL side of this, for not for uh, going with Colin Kaepernick and against the people that, want people to stand in the national for the national anthem. And I think that's a good thing, but it's also going to divide the owners a little bit more. I, I'm assuming, obviously, it's still a fresh news story. It's only been in about an hour. I think Jerry Jones is probably going to come out and say something. I think there's going to be some other owners that are going to say some stuff as well about it. But it's going to be interesting to see what all comes out of this, what all happens with this uh, story. I think it could go pretty far, and it's going to be interesting to see what, is going to happen. I th Here's how I personally see this going down. I think the NFL obviously is going to come out and make a mention about it. I think there's going to be some other things that news coverages are going to bring up. Like maybe it's a race factor. These people were all Mexican. These people were all white. They're going to be, they were whatever. They're going to spin that into a race factor. And then they're also going to say that the NFL is against the NFL against us veterans because of the fact of us veterans being the ones that pay, we're going to pay for this and funded this and the NFL saying, no, we're not doing this, that there's going to be some stories out there. And then the NFL owners, mainly Jerry Jones, are going to come out and say, Hey, we want this in the program. We want this here. We want 
we want X, we want Y. And there's going to be a whole nother hullabaloo about this for about two weeks. And then it's going to blow over by the time the Super Bowl's over and the Eagles win it. Fly, Eagles, fly. But that's exactly what I think is going to happen. We'll see. I will continue to update this story in future podcasts. I think I'm going to stick to Tuesdays as well. I like this kind of system. I have no classes on Tuesdays, so this will be a good time for me to do it as well. Um, Quick editor's note slash production note slash I don't know what to call it. There's going to be some more podcasts coming out here soon. Maybe this Thursday or Friday is going to be the first one. It's going to be called Bronco Beat. We did this in the fall. It was about Hastings College Sports, and there's going to be a couple components to it. I don't want to spoil everything as it's kind of a surprise still, but we're going to have a Facebook Live show on Facebook Live, rhinosportstockproductions.com, or .facebook.com, or whatever. Rhinosportstockproductions Facebook page, as well as uh, this podcast uploaded to iTunes approximately an hour after. It's going to be... They're going to be titled Bronco Beat for whatever. I, I'm not sure, but Bronco Beat will be in the title. So if you're looking for the Rhino Sports Talk podcast, it'll be every Tuesday or Wednesday, whichever, whenever it finally gets uploaded to iTunes. But every Thursday or Friday, depending on the week, going into your weekend, you'll have a new, fresh Bronco Beat if you care about Hastings College sports. And if you want to see it sooner, Tune in to the Rhino Sports Talk Facebook page. Give it a like, and you can see all of our updates, including when we will go live and any scheduled events that we have. So, just so you know, one last time, because I tend to talk in a confusing manner. Rhino Sports Talk Podcast, Tuesday. Thursday slash Friday. We haven't figured out the details yet. We will have the Bronco Beat Podcast also live on Facebook. So... Watch out for both those things. And I have been the Sports Rhino. This has been the Sports... <laughs> I am the Sports Rhino. This has been the Rhino Sports Talk Podcast. Stay tuned next week, or tune in next week, rather, for another edition here on iTunes. RhinoSportsTalk.com is the website if you want to see any written work. And have a good day. <laughs>